I think it's silly. That I'm calling the inventor of the eye chart a man of vision? Saying that he picked those letters to embarrass you. Can you prove he didn't? You weren't even born yet. But he knew I was coming. I told you he was a man of vision. From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas, your friendly purveyor of little-known stories about well-known stuff. And in episode 46, you know, we've all done it. And, and if you haven't, you will. There you are, standing in line at the DMV taking your eye test and hoping to avoid hearing the clerk say those three little words. What was that? Blame that knot in your stomach on one Herman Snellen. No point in seeking retribution, however, Snellen is way beyond that. But he is responsible for our being brought to our knees by the humble sentence that begins, E-F-O-T-P. If you listen to him tell it, Snellen, the Dutch ophthalmologist who invented the modern-day eye chart in 1862, well, he claims he was only out to fix the problems created by his predecessors, Heinrich Kuschler and Edward von Jaeger. But was that all there was to it? I don't think so. Nor do I. You don't have to be paranoid, although I find it occasionally helps, to believe that out of the 26 letters and 10 digits, Snellen accidentally settled on the ones most likely to embarrass us? After all, he, he could have just improved upon Kuschler, whose chart used pictures instead of letters. Now, what could be more pleasant than a trip to the eye doctor where a friendly man in a white coat invites you to sit back and look at pictures of birds, trees, and the occasional farm implement? Apparently, what's more pleasant is not looking at them. Kuschler's patients wanted no part of squinting at birds, trees, and much of anything else he put in front of them. Then along came Von Jaeger, and he had his problems. Von Jaeger had his patients read a series of passages that were culled from books. Each passage was set in a smaller type font than the one above it, but the consistency of Jaeger's samples varied from copy to copy, and that made it downright impossible to compare one patient's to be or not to be with another. On the bright side, he was probably the first doctor who offered his patients reading material while they were in the office. Now, going back to the passages from the books, Snellen could have worked with that, but he didn't. Instead, Snellen based his solution on science. It's the last refuge of scoundrels. Claiming to be a man of vision, Snellen designed a chart whose symbols could be reproduced exactly because they were defined mathematically. He called these symbols optotypes. His first optotypes were a series of mathematically correct random shapes. Now, I think if he'd stopped there, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Anyone could be forgiven for not getting the difference between a squiggly square and a wavy rectangle. No, but Snellen. Snellen was bothered by the arguments. Even when patients saw the shapes correctly, they were often unable to agree on how to describe them. And that's when Snellen switched to letters and numbers. Or what looked like letters and numbers when we're struggling to sort out an F from an E. Or, or is that a P from a D? Now that wasn't all. Now, Snellen didn't measure the height of his optotypes in inches like everyone else would. What was he hiding? Well, for accuracy, he said. He measured the letters in the degrees they occupied in our field of vision. He decided that acceptable vision was the ability to read an optotype that occupied a five-minute arc, that's a twelfth of a degree if you're keeping score, at a distance of 20 feet. Optotypes that met that definition formed the 2020 line on the eye chart. Snellen eventually settled on CDEF. L-O-P-T-Z. They had combinations of horizontal, vertical, and diagonal lines that helped test both acuity and astigmatism. Or, in layman's terms, the most embarrassing. 
Over the years, there have been several refinements to the Snellen chart. None, however, have made it easier for us to distinguish an F from a T, much to the amusement of the agents at the DMV. And that's the story I call It Remains to be Seen. My thanks to my wife for always looking over my shoulder, so I can't. You know, the Out of My Mind summer subscription drive is underway. It started uh, right now. You don't have to send money, but if you enjoy these podcasts, you do have to get a friend to subscribe. Tell him or her to visit iTunes or Google Music on her or his smartphone, search podcasts for Out of My Mind, and subscribe. Meanwhile, I'll be working on another little-known story about well-known stuff for next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern. We'll chat then. I'm Jay Douglas. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.